Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Yes, it's Build Your Tribe Tuesday. Now wait, before you go any further, remember this. You just never know. You might love your job. You might be perfectly content being a stay-at-home dad, taking care of the kids, and you have no interest at this stage in starting your own business or creating an extra stream of income using the internet. But you just never know. But on Tuesdays, you're going to hear from people whose stories are going to inspire you, whose stories may just motivate you to try something different, to fuel your passion, to live your purpose, to help others, and in doing so, create a little extra income. Today, you're going to meet a woman who not too long ago found herself a single mom, alone, feeling overweight, depressed, and like a complete failure. Her marriage had failed, her health was failing, and everything she had dreamed of, this perfect life that she was pretending to live, was suddenly crumbling all around her. She had a corporate job that paid the bills but just didn't allow her to be the kind of mom or to provide for her daughter in the way she knew she needed to. Natalie's story is really going to inspire you. At the age of 39, she turned her life around, became an entrepreneur, and has created a seven-figure income by helping other people completely via social media. She didn't have national TV spots or wasn't on the covers of magazines. She wasn't a celebrity fitness personality. That came later. What she was was someone who wanted to share her journey, her battle, her story, her triumphs, helping others lose weight, find themselves, and regain confidence. She created her own brand. And now what she does is really cool. She helps other people just like you figure out how to do that, how to figure out something you're super passionate about and create a secondary stream of income. This is the ultimate comeback story and you can do it too. Ladies and gentlemen, Natalie Jill. She's here, everybody. Natalie, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm great because I could talk to you. <laughs> I'm always excited when I get to talk to you. You're one of those people that um, you make my wheels turn. I think the one thing we share in common is we both have a hard time finishing sentences because our brain is already onto the next. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to have our listeners learn from you, number one, because I learned so much from you and I know you're a student. I know you are always intrigued by how other people are doing things and how you can better build your brand and serve the people who follow you, what I like to call your lifers, and the people who are part of your tribe. And that's why I asked you to be one of our first and special guests because I, you have this incredible tribe. And I want people to know that building a tribe isn't something that has to take 10 years. So in you know, our introduction, I kind of shared with people a little bit about your story, but I, I think the, the part that's going to be most inspirational to people that are listening is that this can be done so much quicker than what you realize. It's not a 10-year process. It's not a 15-year process, but it does take some, some thought. And I've spent a lot of time on your social media platforms. It's how I met you. I was just attracted to what you were posting online. And I'm curious if you have a guiding principle about the way you treat your followers, your fans, and your customers. Yeah, um, great question. I, I actually do. And it's really, I treat them no different than I would treat a friend um, that I care about. And, and that being said, I 
I truly talk to the type of person I want to attract. And I, I really don't talk to the, the masses. And everyone says, well, gosh, you're reaching the match masses. I'm not doing that by trying to reach the masses. I'm doing that by talking to the type of person I want to attract and sharing more of, um, what makes me special, what, what I love, um, and what I'm knowledgeable about. And I attract other people interested in those same topics. That's very interesting. I do think there's that temptation for all of us to want to please everyone. How do you deal with, you know, those people who it's social media, so they feel like they have this anonymity and they can say rude things or they just don't connect with your message like they don't get you. How do you deal with that and stay true to your your lifer and really to who you are? That's a great question. And at the beginning, um, it really was a hard thing because you start out trying to be perfect and polished and you want everyone to love you. And I would get really down and depressed and sidetracked and start having doubt because of, you know, one negative comment or, you know, a hater. And I would spend all this time addressing them. And as soon as I realized that that was just attracting more of that, I, I really just started ignoring them the same way I would say getting negative out of your life in real life. Um, yeah. I just only started responding or addressing my audience, the people I wanted to talk to. And I would do that literally by ignoring comments that were going in the wrong direction or even deleting them off of my social media. Um, because I did find that a negative comment or unsupporter would start a negative thread. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I don't even want them there. So I ignore them and I, talk to the person I'm trying to attract my life or the person that that I want to work with. Now, I think that's a controversial um, position, but it's one that I, I agree with. And I share the same feelings as you is I will delete a hater or somebody who's negative, not because I feel it reflects poorly on me, but because I don't want to share my platform with them. And I don't want to open up my doors, open up my home, open up you know, that type of negative energy to the people who I do want to serve. And so do you delete those kind of comments or do you let them just disappear? It depends how I feel for the day. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I sometimes I construct mean messages back and never press send because <laughs> <laughs> just because it makes me feel better. Yes, but but I do know um, that if they're offensive or um, or they're really bothering me, I will delete them because I don't want to see them. And it's it's my page, you know. And, and I have had sometimes somebody will say, "Why did you delete my comment?" You know, I thought this was a platform for you know any opinion. Well. I'm going to ignore that too because mm -hmm. it's my social media and it's what I want to choose to share. And I feel so strongly in life about not letting negativity in that why am I going to let it in on my social media? So I can't possibly catch every negative comment, but if I do see it and it's bothering me or it's offensive or it's starting a negative thread, it's, it's gone. I take it out. Hashtag amen, <laughs> sister. Amen. Yeah. Yes, I completely agree. Now, can I ask, because you write these incredible blogs your, even what you write under your posts on Instagram and in Facebook, I always feel like you're sharing a piece of you. And I suspect that that's one of the reasons why people are drawn to you and feel such a sense of community. And has that always been easy to just open yourself up? No, actually, it was very hard to do. I came from a corporate America background and never wanted to show any fault or imperfection. And 
I had a lot of training in public speaking and being perfectly polished. And here I venture into the fitness world thinking I have to look and be and say all the right perfect things. And although I, it, it worked to some extent, I would get some following. I never really attracted who I wanted to. And it, it, it felt funny. In fact, I would be out in public. And if I ran into somebody that knew me from social media, I would get very uncomfortable. Um, and I didn't really understand why until you're that first one. Um, Shaleen, you're the first one that pointed this out to me. Um, it's that I, I wasn't being my true self, um, online initially. I wasn't being a fake person. I was just guarding. I was, I had my guard up, just mm. polished, you know, checking through everything, making sure everything was perfect. And when I started to be more real, and what I mean by that is not sharing professional pictures only and actually asking my audience questions and sharing what I personally was struggling with, it opened up doors to a whole new group of people. And what I found is I got a lot less of the haters and the negative and a lot mm. more people rooting for me. And they wanted to help me as much as I wanted to help them. So I, I really love that. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, that feeling when you see people in public and you're like, uh oh, are they expecting me to be perfect? Mm -hmm. And I think if you're putting yourself out there as perfect, yeah, people would expect that, but you don't, you're, you're real. And I think that helps people relate to you. Did you ever have an experience that has guided the way you interact with your customers and fans? Like, for example, that you said, I will, I'll never do this, or I will always make sure I do this. I'm very clear that I want to treat people with respect, um, but I want to not be just politically correct about everything. So I, I've always known I'm going to tell the truth and I'll say it in a respectful way if I disagree. So I don't, I don't argue with people. Um, I just stay true to what I'm sharing. And mm -hmm. I, I say, I, I, I don't pretend to do something or be something or say something just to impress people or, you know, to keep them following me. I, I, I'm, so I, I do it the same way I would talk to a family member or a friend. I have to ask one more thing that um, I, I think is really kind of cool is that you see these huge tribes around fitness folks mm -hmm. um, who have these amazing bodies. And I think the temptation or what you see gaining popularity sometimes is these, you know, really, really scantily clad, nearly nude, <laughs> but amazing, these amazing photos. And I know personally what attracted me to you was that you have this killer body and an amazing physique, but it's so. Um, it's like you don't have to put it all out there. And I wonder, has there been a time or did you initially like struggle? Because you could totally do all that too and probably grow your accounts faster. What, you know, do you have a thought on that or is there a particular strategy you put in place? Well, my, my first thing is I never wanted to have anything over the top controversial, um, on the sexy side, mostly because <clears throat> I'm a mother and I, I thought, what would I be proud later to show my daughter? I mean, and that was really my thought from the very beginning. Um, but getting into the fitness world, there is that, that push that people want more of that. And when I was first doing um, fitness modeling, there was definitely a push for, for pictures like that. And my gut made me uneasy about it. So I never personally did it. And as far as growing accounts, yes, could I, I probably could triple my account if I put pictures like that. But what kind of person am I, am I attracting? Mm. And I always, I tell my branding clients, for instance, who are you trying to attract? Because if you just want ogling guys mm. and women that are going to be hateful and jealous and mean about the way you look, then great, put those pictures. Mm. But if you want to attract somebody that really wants your help, 
um, you got to put yourself in their mindset. Mm. What are they looking for? What's obtainable? What's good for them? And I think that a lot of the TNA is a, is a big turnoff. Now, yeah. if, if that's your whole brand and that's what you're proud of, then, then so be it. For me, that wasn't ever going to be my, what I was proud of. Yeah. And, and I also don't believe that that lasts. I think you could be in your best possible shape, but we do get older. You know, our skin changes, everything changes, everything falls lower. <laughs> like that's not, that's an unrealistic thing to put out there for everybody to try to look a certain way like that. Yeah. So true. Gosh, that's awesome. And it's really respectable. Cause like you said, um, and I believe this to be true of those who we've talked to have a really strong tribe. It's not about how fast you can do it. It's doing it the right way and just really staying true. Yes. One of the things that I'm really excited for you to be able to share with our listeners is how you, and and I know you've had amazing success on Facebook and on Instagram and even Google Plus, but what's really been exciting recently is what you've been able to do on Pinterest. Yes. So I was hoping you could share with us because, uh, you know, I, I happen to have joined your challenge and see this incredible it just excitement and everybody's like sharing it and and kind of doing the work for you and helping to expand your tribe. And I'm delighted to have you share with our listeners your four steps for using Pinterest, using a challenge on Pinterest to grow their tribe. Yes, absolutely. And and I did clearly use um, four steps. No, I, I do love social media. Um, for me, it's a way to sell without selling. <laughs> and a lot of people don't do that right. But you can make friends, connect with people with like interests without actually being salesy about it. You can just share information and social media allows you to do that. And what I had realized that I had been neglecting severely uh, two social media sites, and that was YouTube and Pinterest. And what I mean by that is I had a presence on Pinterest, but I personally was not paying much attention to it. Mm. I, had set, I had set it up. I learned it a little bit. I put some stuff on there. It was doing fine. And then I decided because I was so focused on my other social media like Instagram and Facebook that I would outsource uh, Pinterest for a while. And I and my numbers were growing on it. And I thought, oh, I've got lots of followers. That's great. I never really checked in. And then when I checked in one day, I realized I sort of had a disaster on my hands. I had mm. about 19,000 random pictures going to random sites. I had a lot of followers that I didn't know and hadn't connected with, and it really just wasn't working. So I dove in and started studying it the way I do pretty much every social media site. And I said, okay, I need to clean this up, <laughs> start over. So I got rid of my outsourcing there, although I'm a fan of outsourcing, just not for this particular project mm -hmm. um, at the time. Got rid of it, cleaned it up, and brought dropped my followers dramatically because I got rid of all those boards and had to start from scratch. And I found I found four things, and these are the four that I'm going to go into. Now, Natalie, um, mm -hmm. this is interesting to me. And from what you've described, you've had a lot of followers, you had a ton of boards, you had a lot of activity, but you said it was a disaster. And I think what's important for people to take away from that is it's not the numbers. It's 
what are you doing with them? Is it serving your tribe? Is it building a connection with people? And that's if I'm not to put words in your mouth, but is that why you say it was a disaster? Because most exactly. people exactly okay. It looked like I had a lot of followers and a lot of activity on Pinterest, but it was not doing anything for me. There was not traffic being drawn to my site, driven to my site. It wasn't increasing an opt-in list. It was not building a connection with people. Mm. It wasn't helping my blogs or my videos get out there. It was just using my name on Pinterest, looking like I had a lot of stuff, promoting a lot of random stuff that I didn't un understand or know. I and see. So it just looked like a lot of, it looked like a big social media account, but it was not doing anything for me or my followers or my tribe. And it was not serving as a, as a tool at all. Now for our listeners, what is their first step if they're going to create a challenge? What I found when I was redoing my Pinterest is I thought, what is something I can do on here to grow this fast and connect with people and engage when I really have nothing? Because I, I deleted it so much and I was starting from scratch. And I thought, what can I do to get people really engaged on my Pinterest and make it stand out from others? And I am a fan of challenges because everybody wants to feel involved in something. Mm. And for me, because health and fitness is my big driver, I thought, what better way than to get people involved in a health and fitness challenge centered on my Pinterest? And I had done challenges on Instagram and on different apps. And I, I had done a challenge before, but never on Pinterest, just driven on Pinterest. So I asked first. I started, um, I had some boards that I left on Pinterest and I started commenting on a few pins that I had that had a few comments asking people if they would do a challenge. That was sort of my first step. And when I saw that there was some interest from people that, that like, that are my lifers, I thought I I'm onto something. Nice. So here are the, the four steps that, that I found have worked very well with my challenge. We interrupt this program to bring you this special offer. So since the original broadcast of this particular episode with my friend Natalie Jill, her success on Pinterest has just exploded in a very short period of time. She started coaching other people how to do exactly what you're hearing about and the steps that she's about to detail for you now in this episode. But remember, this is just four of her best tips. She's since this time created this totally cool, nothing like it academy that teaches people how to use Pinterest. What's way cool about Pinterest is it drives traffic directly to your opt-in or directly to your website, unlike unfortunately Instagram or Facebook, where most of the time you've got to pay to play. You've got to run Facebook ads. I wanted to be sure to mention this here, just in case you're one of those people who doesn't make it all the way to the end of a podcast please check out my show notes. That's where you'll find links to her new academy. It's called Pinfinity. In fact, you can find it at Pinfinity.com. And yes, I'm an affiliate for it because I believe in it, but I'm just going to tell you to go to her website and I'm not even going to give you my affiliate link because I believe that strongly it is going to help your business. Pinterest, despite popular beliefs, is not a social media platform strictly for female-based products. It works for everyone, including information-based products. Okay, enough for now. Back to Natalie. So here are the, the four steps that, that I found have worked very well with my challenge. You have to know a goal. You have to have your goal. And my goal was for sure... 
Um, I wanted to grow my Pinterest board and get the right people on it. <laughs> I Got wanted it. the right to attract the right people. And I wanted to get my other social media and my website more traffic from Pinterest. So I knew that was my, my goal specifically. The second thing, um, I knew it had to happen for the challenge as I was going to have to have content. I had to have a sequence of what is going to be shared in this challenge that's not only going to help me, but what is going to help my tribe, the people I want to attract? What do they want? Okay. So, I, so yeah. when you say um, you knew, you started with a goal, you knew the goal was to attract um, the type of people that you like to work with and to build mm -hmm. traffic to your website. Um, or to another location where people opt in. And then the second thing you said was you needed to plan the content. So yes. if this is a 30-day challenge, what do you mean by plan the content? So I needed to know each day for 30 days, what was I going to offer that was going to stand out and help people? Okay. And you, did you plan that before you even started your challenge? I planned it before I started the challenge. I went through and I picked YouTube videos that I knew would help. I picked blogs that I knew would help, recipes, and I decided which links I wanted to have a picture to go to because Pinterest is all picture-based. Um, it's very visual. I planned out what do I want picture-wise that's going to also link to something I want to share that's going to add value. Now, can't you also actually pin your own YouTube video? You absolutely can. Do you recommend it? Oh, I, I do recommend it. But for a challenge specifically, I don't, I wanted it to be very easy for people. I wanted ah. one board where they could go and it would say day one. This is what you do. So they find the, the one picture that says day one and it tells them what to do. And then they could click on that and it would take them to the video. Because on Pinterest, you can, yes, of course, you can pin a video, you can pin a blog, but what you can also create a picture and edit the description and put a URL to wherever you want it to go. So cool. And I assume that you're using your own content, but could someone who's doing a 30-day challenge for, for anything use somebody else's photos, somebody else's infographics, say, but have traffic drive back to their own site? It all depends. If you want to drive traffic to your Pinterest specifically, then yes, you can. If you're trying to draw traffic to your videos or website or whatever, no, you couldn't. Because when you're pinning somebody else's picture, it's if it's their content, it's going to have their URL in it. So I think some people do. It's a little shady. They'll take out the original source and put their own website, but that's it is against Pinterest terms and it's copyright issues and that it's not right because I don't know that you'd want somebody doing that with your own stuff. So yes, you could, if your goal is just to build your Pinterest, you could pin my stuff. You can pin anybody's stuff for the boards. But if you're specifically trying to draw people to your sites, you want your own content um, that's going to come from there and link back. And just to clarify, would they be able to, let's say they have photos that they own the rights to. It's not a photo of them per se, like they've bought it on a a stock photography site and they own the photo, would they be able to pin that but then send traffic to their own opt-in? You can, but there's got to be a reason that there's a connection. Got so, it. For, so if I have a picture of a cupcake and I'm going to click on it and land on your website, it better take me to a page on your website with a cupcake recipe. I see. Because it's not, otherwise it's not 
people are onto that. Why mm-hmm. is this stuff getting pinned here if it's not even, it's not taking me to any value there? Got it. So, so what I've suggested um, to people I've worked with doing things like this is I'll, I'll have them, if they know they're going to pin something to a challenge board, um, write a blog about it first and ah. then pin that so it's taking them to their site. It makes sense. Brilliant. Or, they, they already had it on their Facebook. Use the URL from that Facebook post or that Google Plus post and use that as the URL on the picture you use. That's great. And so what's our third step? Third step is to have um, engagement. Plan how are you going to get people to share, comment, and like. Because just like any social media, you need people to share, comment, and like if you want to yeah. get other followers. So for me, um, I thought of questions. What can I do? What call to action can I ask people? And I used the term repin if you're in. That's what I did initially. That's awesome. Um, repin if you're in or comment below if you're in. Um, invite a friend to do this with you. So I, always a call to action. It, was, it wasn't go buy this from me. It was invite somebody else because as we all know, we tend to do things based on recommendations from others. So the best way to get more people on your challenge or on your board is to ask people already following it to invite a friend. So just for clarification purposes, when you say um, you would put pin if you're in, is that something you're laying like a font over the photo or you actually asking that question in the description? No, I wrote it in the description. I just said, you know, share this if you're in or repin if you're in just to to get people to, I was giving a call to action for them in the actual description. Perfect. All I would have on the photos in the challenge um, is basically what the day's task is. And then it would say, click here to watch the video or click here to read more. I'd write something like that on there. Now, I know that um, many of our listeners feel that social media overwhelm, like, oh my gosh, it just takes so much time to build these relationships in social media that I don't have time for my real relationships sometimes. Is there as much, you know, necessary engagement, like, like, it feels like you need to really be responding to people and it's a community on Facebook and on Instagram. Is that the case on Pinterest or is it easier? It's easier on Pinterest. And this is where I was personally kicking myself for not getting involved with Pinterest earlier. Similar to the way YouTube works, and and for those listening, they may not know a lot about different social media sites. The nice thing about YouTube was always that things get better over time. So videos, they get more views, more shares, more likes over time. They get better with age. It's like wine. It gets better with age. Hmm. Where everything on Facebook, Instagram, it's very just in the moment. And traffic dies down very quickly and it gets lost in a feed. So Pinterest is similar to YouTube where things get repinned and reshared over time. They don't go away. So it does work on its own by itself. And the more people sharing your stuff, the more it's out there, the more eyes on your stuff always. So it doesn't go away. So I find I'm personally interacting less on Pinterest than I was on other social media sites because the lifespan of these is a lot longer. Wow, that's exciting. That's really exciting. So it's it's like the opposite of Twitter where your tweet lasts for seven seconds, let's say, but a really good pin can kind of take on a life of its own and keep serving you. To me, it's like the Cadillac version of Instagram. <laughs> and I say that because I loved and focused on Instagram so much and I still have a big focus on my Instagram. But Instagram, it's not very organized. For somebody that is having trouble staying focused, Instagram is 
not, there's no organization to it. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard. Um, the only way you really can organize things is by hashtags on there. And that makes it challenging and things go away so quick. You, you don't see your comments. You get lost in it. It's very confusing. With Pinterest, it's so organized. You can create a board on exact topics and really stay on track of it and mono, you know, really monitor it. I love so it. So it gets better over time. It's organized and people can comment on specifically where, where they have a question and that stays around forever. So it's less engagement with people. You just a little bit more work setting it up and thinking through what you're pinning and why. But once it's there, it just gets better over time. Awesome. What's your fourth tip for us? My fourth tip is to always provide value. It's like any other so any social media, you always want to think is what I'm posting adding value to others? Because if it's not, there's no reason for them to comment, like, share it or want to see it again. So, can you add value? And then my tip on the business side is, yes, that can benefit you too. So, for instance, I want to get emails, obviously, because I want to stay in touch with my my people. I want to stay in touch with my tribe. And if I'm just relying on social media and that changes or something happens to the site, I lose them. So right. I want to have emails. But people don't always want to have a pop-up and a trickery around getting your email. They're onto that. So what can I give them for free that's of value in exchange for an email. And what I do is I have created a lot of different, um, what we call is freemiums, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of value in them to my people. So I share those as bonuses throughout my challenge. So I have uh, four bonuses on my board right now as we speak and I'll continually add, add more. But all of those bonuses, they are something significant that people get from me for free. But in exchange, I get their email and I can stay in touch with them. Okay. Now, does this happen just from coming into the challenge or is it planned on a specific day? No. When they come into the challenge, every day there's on my particular 30-day challenge on my board, every day they get three new pins, a happy, a healthy, and a, pit, a fit pin. Cool. And they're, they're clearly marked. Day one, this is the happy pin. There's three different pins. Then um, once or twice a week, I personally am throwing in a bonus pin. And it just says bonus number one or bonus number two. And on there, it it shares like one of mine is free 10 uh, gluten-free recipe guide. And if somebody's interested in gluten-free recipes, it's a great thing for them to download right there. And I, in exchange, I get their email um, too. Great. I love it. And I mean, seriously, that's an amazing gift. I, oh, by the way, for those of you who are listening and not in front of your computers, once you go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast, I will have in our show notes a direct link to Natalie's challenge board so you can see exactly how she did it and, um, you know, just kind of put into real life operations standpoint what this looks like. Um, so don't so don't worry about it. You can stay tuned and, and stick with us while we finish some of these great tips. And then you'll be able to see exactly how she does this. Now, what about, Natalie, someone who, you know, they're just starting out, they're building their tribe. They don't have anything that they've created themselves to give, let's say, as a bonus. How would they do that? Your bonus could just be a tip. Um, it, you could have any kind of bonus that's going to get people connected to you. Your bonus could be something that's on an, a different social media page that you're trying to build too. So you can just to get more followers there. Like, okay. uh, hey, I have a free recipe that I just posted on my Facebook here. Here's the link. A bonus could be anything that's a call to action that's going to help your tribe and yourself. So you want it to help every. And, and I did want to say something really important here because I wanted to point out that it didn't just 
grow for me because I had a following or already had a website or a big social media following. Quite the opposite with Pinterest. I truly was starting over with Pinterest. And to make matters even more challenging for me, mm-hmm. for some reason, I do not show up in search engines for Pinterest. Hmm. So if you search Natalie Jill or Natalie Jill Fit or Natalie Jill Fitness on Pinterest, I, I'm not showing up right now. Hmm. It's a There's a glitch that I'm trying to figure out. I will hopefully um, have that figured out soon, but I don't show up. So I literally had to build this from scratch and relying on other people liking what I was posting and sharing it because without that direct share, people can't find me on there or without that direct link. So it doesn't, if you have nothing and you, nobody knows your name, it, that doesn't matter if you share the right things and you use, you can use a couple hashtags, you comment on other boards that are similar, you will attract some people and it doesn't take a lot of people. It takes a few of the right people and then they will share with others. Awesome. I love that. These are great tips. I've taken three pages worth of notes. I'm so excited to start my challenge. I can't even tell Mm -hmm. you. I didn't even think about using it this way. Um, I have to honestly say that I love that you can kind of set it all up in advance and that there's not as much daily engagement. But what about for those who are thinking to themselves, I I don't look like Natalie, I don't have videos of myself I want to post or photos of myself, and I but I, I have a product or a service or a website I want to share. How does someone who isn't necessarily personally mm-hmm. the image of their brand, how can they create a board that can create this type of traffic and tribe if it's not them? So the first thing is you want to think, what is the problem that you're able to solve? Everybody's product or service or idea is answering some problem. If it's not answering a problem, then you want to rethink what it is that you're trying to share. But you want to think, what's the problem I'm trying to solve? And what's my solution? And what type of person um, am I trying to attract with the solution? And then you got to get in their head. So what are they looking at? What are they like? Um, so, and you really can do that with anything. I mean, if your product's dog food, for instance, you know, who are you trying to attract to buy dog food? And what kind of things are they looking at at Pinterest? What would interest them? Are they interested in cute puppies? Are they interested in training? It's getting in their head first. And if you're stuck on that, I mean, that's the perfect thing to spend a little bit of time researching first, you know, just Googling those, those terms and seeing, okay, what, what are those people? Where are they hanging out? What are they looking for? And then look at those boards. And that's how you come up with your idea. But you first have to know what problem are you trying to solve? Who are you trying to attract for that? And then get in their head. And that's how you come up with what it is that you need to be posting and sharing. That is such great advice. Because I think you're right. I think the average person thinks, okay, my product is dog food. How do I create a board around dog food? When the truth is, you just want to get in the head of someone who would be buying dog food. They're not looking for dog food. They're looking for other things. Great example. Great tips. I love when we have a guest who has such actionable steps and then we can actually see it working and know that we can immediately put these things into place ourselves. Natalie, it's been such a pleasure to have you. I'm going to include in all the show notes how people can um, learn more from you. I just have a tremendous ability to teach other people what you've learned. And I think that's such a gift, um, what you've been able to do, just even with developing an ebook and coaching people who want to become entrepreneurs, um, not just fitness professionals, but all types of entrepreneurs is really remarkable. And I'll put in our show notes how to get in touch with Natalie and learn more about what she's doing um, that can help you grow your tribe. Natalie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.